And welcome to Episode Party, a podcast where we talk about our favourite podcasts. I'm Freddie Harrison. I'm Jack Tutup. And this week we are joined by Annabelle Bly. Hello. Hello. Annabelle, thank you so much for coming on. I really, really loved your recommendation, but we're going to get to it in a little bit. But first up uh, for this episode, Jack's going to talk about the podcast that he recommended we both listen to. So Jack, take it away. Sure. So my recommendation is The Comedian's Comedian, which is a podcast by a comedian called Stuart Goldsmith, who interviews other comedians. Um, Stuart himself is a stand-up. He seems to tour relentlessly. He's always plugging a tour or talking about a tour he's just come back from. But he lives it, and I think that's what makes this podcast so great. So as I said in the notes that I put on our episode party google doc i've really become interested in the mechanics of comedy like i'm fascinated by it i just love uh, hearing about how people make jokes what people find funny um how their real life persona kind of feeds into or contrasts with the persona they put forward for comedic purposes it's just awesome so this podcast is a really good way to get inside of that and there's some episodes of this that i've really enjoyed over the past couple of years that i've been listening to it so there was a really good one with izzy sooty um stuart lee one was excellent the stuart francis one was mental that one's worth a listen as well and even comedians that i don't really find that funny uh, jimmy carr there was a brilliant one with him which actually i enjoyed the discussion in, in spite of the fact that i don't like his comedy and even russell brand i mean that was a good discussion and i you know I, I don't really get on with him as a comedian but again really interesting conversation um the one i recommended to you guys is with joe brand who is again not someone that i really follow as a comedian but is just a formidable personality i mean throughout this discussion which was recorded at soho theater i think and she talks about her early experiences in comedy going on like in these tiny dive pubs like in the start of her career also she talks about being heckled she talks about some pretty horrific experiences in that regard and people obviously co-opting the cathartic kind of environment of comedy to you know let out some pretty horrible misogynistic things and and she talks about dealing with that and, and and the presence of that in the comedic environment as well um there is a wonderful anecdote where she talks about going on at a corporate event and something that the CEO says to her and the way she deals with that, which was absolutely awesome. But, I mean, the way that she talks as well about writing a material and building up a set, all that kind of stuff as well, the nuts and bolts of comedy, I really enjoy hearing about it. And I like Stuart as a host as well. He keeps the energy up and I think his questions are pretty on point. He knows what to ask, really, because he's been in that situation himself. He knows which buttons to push a lot of the time, I think think so yeah i would like to hear what you think of it freddie what do you make of it yeah i um i really like this um i thought it was great i thought um 
Stuart Goldsmith is uh, is it's a really lovely person to be interviewed by but that's what it feels like I, <laughs> yeah. I wasn't interviewed by Stuart Goldsmith but I imagine if I was if I was any good at comedy and 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 Stuart Goldsmith is interviewing me he'd be a really lovely person to have an interview with um he just seems to kind of like have a really nice way about him and I think that really kind of um pays off in terms of the kind of conversation that kind of happens with with him and with him and Joe Brand and I think you know it kind of goes back to um what we said on our, our comedy special when i was i was talking about um the um, richard herring podcast where he interviews joe thomas and you know I, I said before like i just i really like hearing about the non-glamorous parts of jobs within the performing arts i guess is a good way of putting it <laughs> um i just i like i don't know i don't know why i think it's because you know i do understand a bit of that like i have some vague background in that kind of stuff and i do kind of get what goes on but it's it's really interesting to hear people who are super successful say where they started and, and where they came from and um yeah and also you know and, and it kind of extends i guess to most jobs in the creative industries it's really refreshing to hear and reassuring i guess to hear as well that a lot of people in a lot of roles like this they can be super successful but when you when it boils down to it they know as much as anyone else and they're just kind of making it up as they go along and and I, you know I, I kind of like enjoyed how honest joe brown was about things like when they talked about um preparing new material and new shows and she quite often would say things like oh no i'm i'm i'm, I'm lazy i don't do that yeah, and, and, yeah. and, I, and i really enjoyed that i really liked how honest it was and um I felt like it was it was a it was a lovely conversation that got to the roots of uh, um, someone who I didn't know that well. I know I know of Joe Brand and her comedy, but I didn't know much about her or her, her kind of history or her past. Um, I didn't know she used to be a mental health nurse, for example. And I find that I find that stuff real fascinating. And I just think, yeah, it's it was just a super lovely lovely podcast and um yeah I, I really enjoyed just the way that Stuart Goldsmith kind of navigated the interview and the way that he kind of kept that conversation going and in a way that kind of I think kind of helped open things up and I you know like I think he you know talks about Joe Brand at the beginning and being kind of miserable and stuff like that and, and you know it, they have the whole discussion about whether that's an act or it isn't an act and all the rest of it and and I think that if it wasn't an act, then it, he definitely kind of, you know, helped to kind of open that up and, and get her talking in a way that seemed very warm and um, very open and very honest, which I, which I really, really enjoyed. Totally. Annabelle, what do you reckon? I have to say it's not the kind of podcast that I would normally listen to or would have ever kind of chosen to listen to of my own accord. So, yeah, I was coming from a low baseline and I have to say <laughs> it, it, um, it, it took me a while to get into it, but because I had to keep listening to it because I knew that we'd be talking about it on this podcast, <laughs> I have to say I did get into it. I think the podcasts that I tend to listen to are quite heavily produced and, mm. uh, you know, this is, this is quite stripped back. You know, there's no bells and whistles and I'm not like a big comedy fan. Like I, you know, I kind of will occasionally watch like a panel show or like go to the odd gig, but it's not, it's not something, it's not a world that I'm particularly immersed in or familiar with. Mm. So yeah, it's not something I'd normally listen to. Um, but as I say, I did get into it and, uh, I agree with the, with a lot of the comments that you had, Freddie, where a lot of the comments about it just being fascinating to, to see 
kind of the inner workings of of a public figure uh, and also hear about the kind of trajectory of, of Joe Brand's career and you know the fact that you know, when she started out it's almost obvious when you when you hear it that when she started out she wasn't an, an overnight success and she had to kind of part with a lot of crap and and wasn't very good initially by her own admission yeah. um it t- t- took her a while to to kind of get into her stride and and feel comfortable on stage um so that's always really great to hear when when you see someone famous to kind of learn a bit about their journey to success yeah totally i think that a bit at the end as well where they get a question from the audience and this person's like hey i'm going for my first open mic tomorrow and her mm. advice is amazing and in fact i almost for a fleeting moment thought i could bloody do stand up you know with joe's joe brand's advice kind of kicking me up the <laughs> arse i mean she just opened it you know really it was a nice kind of cap on the conversation and as you've both said about the the fact that she was a failure a lot of the time and it's okay to talk about that and you know but also she just kept pushing and you know when she said to that person who asked the question you know you will be shit no one has a good first gig i mean you can almost adopt a cloak of invincibility at that point i thought it was really great but um i think what's interesting as well with this podcast is he does some of them live in front of an audience and some of them he does just him and the comedian in a room and i think stuart being someone who is a stand-up comedian i think has a very particular uh, he's very adept at facing an audience and speaking with someone in front of a live audience his approach when he's just in the room with the comedian is just as interesting but i think a lot more cerebral and they get down to like a lot more kind of longer and uh, meandering discussions which um it sounds like that i differ from both of you guys like the podcasts that i like to listen to are super rambly like the ones that you end up halfway through and you're like where is this going rather than stuff that's more tightly produced so i'm really into those kind of discussions but yeah i'm glad it hit the spot for both of you there (laughs) <laughs> yeah i yeah jack you are a you're a, you're a peddler of um ramble form, rambly <laughs> interviews um yeah, yeah. Of, uh, especially of the comedians interviewing people genre of podcasts that seems to be becoming a trope isn't it of I, I, I think you're uncovering it at a rate that i've never never discovered before <laughs> but um annabelle when you were saying about how you know the beginning it was like a real struggle um for for a number of reasons like but you know after a while you get into it and i i definitely felt the same in the beginning where i was like okay yeah yeah i kind of know where this is going and then you know i gradually found myself becoming more and more into it which is which is cool annabelle tell us about your uh recommendation and uh why you chose it so i recommended the moth podcast to you guys so this is this is perhaps my favorite podcast and i was quite pleased to see that no one had suggested it yet and i feel like in general it's doesn't have the reputation that it deserves because um, I just think it's brilliant. It's not originally a podcast, so it's not kind of made to be a podcast. It's it's actually a live show, and they've kind of spun a podcast out of it, which is great because basically the Moth is is this live event that happens uh, mostly in the states, which is where it started, but they have Moth events all over the world now. And essentially, it's like a live storytelling evening. And uh, you, there have been some quite famous people to stand up and and, and tell a Moth story, but also 
it's kind of loads of just everyday people telling stories about their lives and that's it really people stand up on stage uh they're not allowed to have any notes uh the other two rules are you the story has to be real has to be a true story and it has to be your own story so it can't be something that happened to someone else and you get a real mixed bag of stories you get some really heavy ones people talking about bereavement and uh, or near-death experiences um, or, or kind of life-changing moments uh, but you also get like really frivolous ones as well so kind of when that's packaged together in, into a podcast you can find yourself like laughing out loud and crying in the same episode out of kind of empathy and sadness but also crying crying with laughter <laughs> um so yeah so the episode that i recommended had four stories um there's one with a woman searching for the perfect wedding dress uh, and kind of reconciling that with being a feminist and getting obsessed with wedding dress shopping there's a guy that goes on a kind of documentary radio field trip to malawi and has an has a kind of profound experience in a prison there then what the other two stories there's the guy who grew up in guatemala and kind of talks about just a moment over some hot dogs which which has stayed with him and haunted him um and what was the last one amputee yes there was a woman um who had a prosthetic arm talking about the kind of challenge of of living with that and and particularly when she brought her son into the world and and how she dealt with it so yeah i thought there were four really really great stories um and also a good kind of mix of the 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 deep and meaningful but also the the frivolous and fun yeah freddie do you want to uh, share your thoughts on this one yeah i will which is that um i think i think Annabelle, you're you're totally right which is that the the moth is kind of like it doesn't seem to get the credit it deserves especially like i know that it was one of these podcasts that i'd heard been talked about a lot but i never listened to it and i feel like maybe there are a lot of people like me then I, I don't know or maybe maybe they're not but it just it feels like one of these podcasts that g- comes up in conversation quite a lot but not enough people listen to and um so i kind of like went into it thinking i'd know what it would be like based on like you know people on other podcasts talking about it or whatever else and um and i was really like pleasantly surprised at how it kind of panned out i mean like it it is like pretty straightforward as far as the concept goes um it almost felt like a um i keep i keep like thinking of the phrase of like a more emotional ted talk like it's just people telling rather (laughs) than telling like you know trying to be business or anything like that there was just people telling really nice interesting profound stories that um in in front of a live audience and and there's something really lovely about that that you can't get that same kind of um storytelling when you uh take a microphone and you go to someone's house and you ask them to tell their story to you in a room and you're holding a microphone in front of them there's no one else there and that's the end of it and then you cut it and you put it on a on a podcast like you never get the same kind of reaction as you do when you've got a whole room full of people um who are listening to you and are responding to what you're saying and i think that makes for like a really compelling listen um 
I think like the, the the way they balance the stories is obviously really nice. Like you say, it wasn't originally a podcast, and 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 they've kind of made a podcast out of it. So I think the way they've managed to kind of balance the kind of different stories that come into each episode is is really nice. And I think yeah, it's a lovely mix, like you say, of of, of stuff that's really kind of emotional and and grounding and and profound, and stuff that's more frivolous and just funny. Yeah, I I really really enjoyed it i have to be honest and say i haven't listened to any other episodes yet but it it, it stuck around on my feed and i'm gonna try and dig into some more because i feel like kind of the the nature of it means there'll be like some uh, episodes with stories that really resonate with you and some that you don't relate to at all and i felt like i've sat somewhere in the middle of all of these like i've never been to malawi and i've not ever shot for a wedding dress so uh, you know but i appreciated <laughs> i appreciated the story like i but i didn't you know i didn't relate to it personally but i enjoyed listening to it in a kind of like and a way that entertained me on uh, and I, I kind of like really am keen to kind of look through the rest of these episodes and see if there's any that really either like relate to me in in a way that i'm like yeah i can get on board with that or yeah i've experienced that or like it's the total opposite where i kind of like really hate what they're saying and um maybe that would be fun to listen to as well <laughs> um i don't know yeah, it's I, mean, fun to, I think yeah. it's great how there are uh story there are often stories that you can relate to in some way but then there are also stories that are just like a totally different world to to the one that you live in and just getting a window into that you know hmm. um i've i i don't know anyone who's lost a limb or um is disabled in that way and and so i'd never get to kind of hear their perspective but perhaps now if i if and when i encounter someone like that i'll have just a greater empathy for them and that applies to to so many of the different stories that that get told yeah i know exactly what you mean um jack what did you think so i i struggle with the moth i've listened to the moth before actually before you recommended it annabelle i had another episode that i listened to because i think again uh, like fred's i'd heard it mentioned and never checked it out i think it's been recommended to me uh, once before maybe by our previous guest daniel duke fred's but um i should start by saying like the the setup of it i think is really cool like i love the idea of having all of these events all over the country and, and you know sometimes around the world and what i really like is the fact that i read that they are standing only crowds because i think that it must be so essential to the tone of it. I mean, it must loosen up the formality of it, and I can only think that it fortifies the connection between whoever's reading the story and those people in the room, I guess many of them strangers who come to listen. Um, and just also as well seems to tie into their remit of the fact that everyone's a human being and everyone has a story to tell. And as well as, well, as you've said, there's a real commitment to diversity. I mean, there's a range of different perspectives, but also as well the content and the emotion hues on display uh you know the way that it goes between kind of rapturous laughter and sadness uh, often within the same story even i think is is really impressive and it uh, navigates that very well i mean the moth generally just seems like a cool organization they seem to work with like um different organizations who are working against criminal injustice and you know gender inequality and stuff like that so i can't i can't fault the moth at all i think the problem is me um and the fact that i, I just the tone of it doesn't appeal to me and i think 
What's really interesting is uh, the the things that I find difficult about the moth should probably be the very same reasons why I, I don't understand why I like stand up comedy as well because the thing about that I find with the the moth is that the stories are just so elegantly told and and reach such neat conclusions and everything feels very distilled and refined and as well I, I just the emotions are, are very extravagant and and in a way I wanted more complication from it and. I just, it's not that it felt inauthentic. I just wanted to feel, I guess, more dissatisfied. Like, everything feels, ironically, like I kind of got to the end and everything arrives in a way a lot of the time where, I don't know, I feel like that they've reached a very assertive ending. And I don't know if, like, I, I I, I wanted something a bit different, I think, like a story where actually you get to the end of the situation and, and you haven't quite processed it yet. And I think the closest I got to that was the chap from Guatemala who whose story was so simple and, in fact, felt like such a vivid analogy to, you know, have and have not and, and that kind of inequality, and yet he still seemed to be processing it. And that one did kind of hang open a bit, and that one I did find quite interesting. But... I do think it is more me and my tastes, really. I mean, when I was thinking about my objections to it, they all came down to my own sensibilities. Because I think, as as well, I mean, I understand that they all work, uh, the people who tell stories and that feature on the, the podcast all work with, you know, a moth, I think they call it like a moth director to shape the story. And, and obviously, I, I guess without that, there would be perhaps some ramble and superfluous detail which would perhaps make the story less engaging so I, I don't know but yeah so it's an interesting one for me I'm really glad that you put it back in my direction because I'm glad I gave it a revisit but it just there's something about it that just didn't chime with me I think yeah I mean I'd certainly what well, I certainly feel that the the way that the episodes are produced so the kind of introduction and the filler in between episodes are kind of classically American cheesy a little bit over the top mm. enthusiastic which you know, it's not entirely my bag, but I guess the the thing with the stories that I find really great is that there's there is such a, a mixed bag, and you do like one of my favorite episodes was in, had well, one of the favorite my favorite stories that I heard was some guy who was basically addicted to Oreos. And, <laughs> um, I've been out. It's just yeah, it's just really stuck with me how like this random story that this guy tells uh, about you know, how he'd overcome all sorts of addictions, clearly had an addictive personality, but he'd overcome kind of being an alcoholic and being addicted to hard drugs. But he basically tells the story of, of cracking in a, in a corner shop faced with packets of Oreos and just basically shoving, shoving them down his, down his throat. Um, And it's just hilarious and kind of random. And it's, and it's probably like a less than five minute story. Hmm. Um, but then you also get the kind of more produced cause like the, 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 so the podcasts take a mix of stories from, they have story slam live events, which are basically where people rock up and you put your name in a hat and there's like a theme to the, so say the theme was like addiction. Um, that's what that guy probably put his name in the hat for. Hmm. Um, and that's just, yeah, that's like random members of the public, put your name in the hat. And then if it gets picked out, you stand up and get like five minutes to tell a story. But they also have kind of bigger moth main stage events, which are like kind of 15 minute stories, 15, 20 minutes where they've kind of worked with a moth director and they're much more produced. Although I've, I've been to a couple of those at Union Chapel in London and 
even with those, like, there's the odd person who is just like, you can see them visibly trembling up there. Yeah. Because uh, the other thing is they're not allowed to, to take any notes with them. So um, if it's someone who's like tell- doing something like that for the first time and they're just stood on stage in front of a massive audience, it's pretty intimidating. Yeah. Would you, I, would you, would you do it, Annabelle? <laughs> uh, in theory, I'd definitely do it. <laughs> yeah. um, I've yet to come across a theme where I was like, okay, I definitely have have a story to tell i did yeah. actually um arrange a kind of a moth party once right. so for my birthday a couple of years ago i i kind of arranged a house party that where we had like a moth storytelling element no to it way. what did um, everyone have to do well i told everyone that they had to come with a story based around the theme of birthdays <laughs> and that everyone had to put their name in the hat and that we would have a, a kind of round of storytelling <laughs> um, and I can't say it went that well, but I'm glad I did it. Well, I, I mean, well. I'm, I'm intrigued, like with the Union Chapel one, because I think uh, what I hear on the podcast in terms of the crowd engagement feels quite distinctively American. Is it yeah. the same kind of vibe when you went to the Union Chapel? Also, as well, that's a intimidating space to do a storytelling. Jesus. Yeah, um, the I mean, most of the names at the Union Chapel, Union Chapel one, ones I've been to have been sort of like not celebrities, but people who have done big feats. Right, I mean, there was a right. guy called Lem Cisse who's who is like a poet and speaker mm. and sort of journalist. But then people, it was like the first woman to go on a, like an all women's expedition to the North Pole or something like that. Um, telling her story about that so they are quite they're like fairly distinguished but i don't know i guess it's similar to comedy in a way like when when there's like an a a packed audience you're all kind of and you're all on the side of the person telling the story there is this real kind of air of vulnerability that they're they're going up there and they're they're bearing themselves a bit and i think everyone is everyone's kind of on their side yeah and Mm. like ready to laugh when you're sort of meant to and 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 sigh when 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 that's appropriate <laughs> which is kind of the opposite to what you think when you're on the other side of it if you're someone going up on stage your immediate thought is like oh they're baying for my blood like they want me to fail <laughs> but it, mm. when you're in the audience it is you know uh, I, you know i've been to comedy nights where it's been local comedians or comedians that have been really struggling and you really want to laugh and you want to boy them up but it is um i mean i did hear if, i think in fact with the one of the stories on this podcast you recommended the guy from guatemala talked about the fact that he was shaking and really trembling and there there were moments so you can hear that i think in someone's voice just the the faltering as someone has kind of acknowledging the the scale of the situation and the fact that they're getting over a, a genuine fear that they have and that was yeah that that i found interesting as well and in fact you know that that for me was something that i kind of gravitated to, to perhaps more than the stories themselves was just the process of getting up in front of an audience when someone's not used to it yeah i i know i know what you mean um yeah and i think yeah it goes back to what i was saying earlier which is that i think that produces a kind of magic that you just don't get in many other environments of having someone who's not necessarily used to public speaking standing up in front of an audience and telling quite an honest story about themselves and i think 
it's interesting, Annabelle, like you said at the very beginning, which is that they're not allowed to tell stories about other people. They have to be stories about yourself. And I think that forces you to be quite um introspective and 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 a bit vulnerable in a in a way that you'd probably naturally avoid if you had the opportunity to avoid you know it's far easier to talk about someone else than it is about yourself um especially in a way that's you know in this kind of way so um yeah thanks so much for recommending it it's it was uh i'm i'm definitely gonna have a listen again and um jack if you want to feel like all's right in the world and 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 there's no issues then uh if, if, the, if you don't want to be bothered by the lack of uh discord then uh, i'm sure you'll go back to it too at some point. <laughs> we'll see how much it haunts me that brings me around to, to to my recommendation which is a podcast by the guardian called chips with everything i wrote this in our show notes but uh the chips with everything is a podcast like i've i've struggled with in the past and i've like dipped in and out of and i found some episodes really really captivating and i found some other ones really like cheesy and a bit boring and all the rest of it um but this little mini series which is called digital dystopia it's a four-part series is super fascinating and it's like a it, it kind of helped that it was just chimed in at the kind of time where i was really getting into reading up on and trying to understand the implications of um like consolidating all of the world's web traffic onto kind of like four or five key players and where all our data goes and how that's being used for profit and you know and by extension kind of against us and all that kind of stuff and you know how that erodes privacy and all these kind of things so this 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 little mini series came at like a perfect time because i was super interested in it so maybe that's probably why i was most interested in it but i i also think to its credit like it's a really good middle ground for people who um, either don't know anything about this kind of subject at all and haven't massively been interested in it. Like, I think you could totally pick this up. Y- you you couldn't be like entirely oblivious to technology and pick this up. But I guess you, if you if you know something, if you've used Facebook or Twitter, then you could probably pick this up even as a kind of a casual Facebook and Twitter user and and, and find mm. something interesting in here. Even if you don't necessarily agree with it or it just terrifies you, um, but. <laughs> Like, I have a background in technology and I know quite a lot about it and I still found it super interesting and I still learned so much from it. And there were some super great interviews within this, the super great guests within this um, with this particular episode that I, I, I chose, which is the um, tech slavery and the death of privacy, which sounds suitably dystopian, I guess. And yeah, the, you've got Aral Balkan in there, who's a, a technology, um, he, he's a software developer, but also kind of a, he calls himself a cyborg rights activist and his like definition of why we're yeah. all cyborgs <laughs> is super interesting. Um, and you've got Kevin Kelly, who, who, who was the um, founding editor of Wired, who um, is also super interesting, has some really interesting stuff, and I've listened to longer interviews with him, and he's an interesting chap. And I think, yeah, the, the whole episode is just so well pulled together and jordan erica weber who hosts it does an amazing job of kind of tying all these different things together and telling a really lovely story and yeah i just i'm i'm really into it and actually i started listening to this one again on the way home this evening and i'm gonna have to like as soon as we stop recording i'm gonna have to go back and finish it off because i just i'm just really really into it annabelle what did you think yeah i enjoyed it i've actually never listened to chips with everything before uh but i i listen a lot to 
uh, Manoush Samarodi's podcast, which I've forgotten the name of now. Note to Self? Note to Self. Note uh, to Self. Yes. That's the one. Yes. And I actually read quite a long interview with the guy that you just mentioned. Errol Balkan. Errol Balkan, yeah. Balkan, yeah. Yes. Uh, in Offscreen Magazine. Yes. You know that? Um, yes. Over Christmas. So... Yeah, my my husband my husband has been Luke Leefield, a former guest on the show. Indeed, um, <laughs> nicely done. He has been on a kind of digital detox thing, uh, <laughs> and is a little bit stressed out by the whole concept of you know the whole surveillance capitalism stuff. And mm. uh, so there's lots of lots of themes that are are on my mind at the moment as well. Yeah, so so really, really interesting stuff. Oh, and I also loved they had Tim Berners-Lee on as well. Yeah. That was, that was a great, great little clip. <laughs> awesome. It sounds like we, we were in very similar positions where it was just a, a, a podcast that came along at the right time when this stuff was all, like, in the forefront of our minds. Um, Jack, what, what did you think? Yeah, same here. It's in the forefront of my mind as well. Um, I can't stop thinking about this subject. So I was really grateful when you put this one forward freds although it's kind of in that area where there is so much to ingest on this topic and ironically i think the whole idea of digital dystopia and um say also the you know the fight for your attention as well those headlines really work and i get really gravitated towards them and quite distracted by them so it's uh, something i'm struggling with there but this podcast you def- definitely recommended it to me i think a few years back and uh, at the time i was like yeah this is this is okay I think in the past year and a half, The Garden has really upped its game podcast-wise. I noticed something happening. I mean, their logo's changed for one, which is a sign that some things are brewing. But their politics podcast really changed. It went from a roundtable discussion to, like, a more magazine style. And their science podcast really upped its game as well. So when you put forward chips with everything again, I did think... I wonder if the same has has happened here, whether it's had a bit of an upgrade. And it definitely, based on this series, which I've listened to three episodes of the four, it's definitely has. And this podcast was great. I think The Guardian has almost like a BBC-style tone to it in that uh, this one reminded me of the inquiry for example where they're bringing experts in to all weigh in on a particular topic from different sides. Although the Guardian just feels like the cooler, kind of younger iteration in a way. But also as well, it seems to... There seems more pontification uh, and questioning in The Guardian style as well. Like, the, they don't seem to draw as many conclusions. There's a lot put forth and a lot that you're left to think about. But they don't necessarily tie everything up. And that really appealed to me as I think actually you know based on what we talked about in the moth I, I for some reason I, I like the, the experience of being burdened with things that are unresolved at the end and that definitely felt like the case here although I understand that the fourth episode in the series is about fighting back so perhaps the point that's the point where everything's consolidated and um and brought together and brought to re- uh, revel- uh excuse me, brought to resolution. So yeah, I I thought this was a really cool discussion. Um, I really liked the stuff about um, data rights. I thought that whole bit was fascinating and almost got quite philosophical about, you know, the boundaries of ourselves and our identity and whether data is contained within that or whether data sits outside of it. And they did really well, I think, to bring in people who are at complete opposite ends of the scale. You know, people saying that you should have rights to your data. That is 
is yours. And someone saying, no, 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 not at all. Your data is not yours. That's ridiculous. It's a contradiction. Also, it's really cool to hear them using extracts of um, M.T. Anderson's book Feed, because I read that book when it came out when I was like, I think it was like 12 years old or something, and I got the biggest nostalgia rush as I was leaving my house to go to work. It's almost a bit much, to be honest, for six in the morning to feel everything come flooding back like that. But yeah, I thought that was really nicely weaved in as well. Oh, and the music's really cool as well. So yeah, um, yeah, I really enjoy it. And I'm going to check out the final episode of that one as well. Yeah, I definitely agree with your your assessment on the on the kind of production i think it's i think they that it is really well produced and i really like the host jordan weber yeah Um, i thought she she kind of like you were just saying there jack she she gives space to to the to the interviewees and isn't isn't kind of projecting a or isn't trying to ram a message down down anyone's throat it's more just like here here are the different sides to this and here are some interesting takes and Mm. now go go think about it yeah absolutely yeah she's a brilliant host i haven't heard her on i feel like i've heard her name mentioned before maybe she's done like some other guardian podcasts but yeah i thought the way that she hung back was great because also as well sometimes you know when someone hasn't got that great interview clips when the host said something and then the guest that they brought on to be interviewed says the exact same thing but it lasts about 90 seconds (laughs) there was no penetrative point to be found but here i think whoever was doing the interviews really got into the gritty of it and um actually it was something that i wanted to bring up with you annabelle perhaps in a bit but i think bringing on experts must be hard because you've got people who are so I mean, they're experts on their subject. They know so much. And yet to find a way to make that bridge between relaying that expertise and not making it incomprehensible. I mean, that must be a hard one to kind of straddle, you know? Yeah, it's it's pretty tough. So, yeah, and I, I definitely experience it frequently with um, with academics that, that I interview regularly for, for the podcast that I produce. I mean... I'd like to say if as a producer you're kind of doing your job properly and giving giving the interviewee a good brief and a good pre-interview then then you can avoid it. Right, um right. but it just doesn't always work out and there's also elements like if they've got a strong accent or the phone line isn't that, you, that you've got them on isn't oh, amazing yeah. uh and then you just end up having to like you say kind of be that be that host that that summarizes the point and then has a, has a tiny <laughs> clip to to substantiate it yeah. but you've not really managed to get them to kind of get that great balance of of giving the audience more information but not but that information not being like super esoteric or um just niche yeah I mean, we we should say in fact so the podcast you produce is the anthill um yeah yeah the anthill podcast um, yeah. for the conversation which yeah i've been really enjoying and in fact i think fred's you actually put me onto it i think on the back of um yeah a little while back now i think yeah but i remember you recommending it putting it in my direction yeah i think so and i think um you know I really, I really enjoy it as a, as a as a podcast, Annabelle. But I also have that appreciation, which I'm sure you'll understand, because I have a background in previous work of like having to promote the uh, the research work of academics, and I know how um, how interesting that can be to untangle it, or at least get 
that work explained in a way that will uh, resonate with the rest of the world, perhaps. And I think that um, the anthill does a great job of it. So um, thanks, thanks for thanks for all the hard work on it. <laughs> it, it it's definitely paying off because uh, yeah. it's 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 super entertaining and we really love it. Um, one of the things that we tend to ask guests a lot, and I'm just I'm just super intrigued because I know in your little description about why you like the moth in our show notes, Annabelle, you said um, that it's a it's a great podcast for making you laugh out loud and or cry on public transport. Um, but where, <laughs> yeah. where do you where do you where do you listen to your podcast? Where if you're if you're just consuming, where where are you doing that usually? Uh, so generally, when I'm travelling from A to B, so I live in London, and the kind of average commute time is at least half an hour often 40 minutes even an hour if you're traveling from one side of the city to the other and that's mm. really how i got into podcasting was just you know it's a great way to to while away all that time do you go for uh, i'm so i go for like intense podcasts in the morning and then light stuff in the in the evening i heard someone talk about like their, they do their protein listening in the morning and then their carbohydrate listening in the evening like when they're tired but do you like divide up your listening like that or i mean do you have um, listening for you yeah sort of um so i'm i'm a bit of a slave to the today show in the mornings sadly <laughs> oh, okay um, yeah yeah and that's yeah. that's kind of a, a consequence or this is an element of my job is because I, so as well yeah. as producing the anthill, I'm the business and economy editor for, for the conversation. So kind of just need to know what, what everyone's talking about. And, uh, the today show, it, it just remains the sort of stalwart UK news radio news show that, you know, is driving the kind of mm. news agenda. Mm. Uh, so yeah, I'm a slave to that in the mornings and then, I think one of the reasons I really, reasons I really like the moth is because it is just it's like fairly frivolous, and when you've been consuming a lot of information at work, you don't all day you don't necessarily want to listen to something that's like your protein, as you say. <laughs> um, you just you just want some something chill. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I tried to do one of those digital dystopia ones on the way home from work after listening to, uh, after working with a computer like all day for 11 hours. And I was like, this is just too intense right now. I can't confront yeah. this <laughs> too much. Yeah. I never thought I'd say it, but I'm I'm really jealous of all you people with long commutes because I don't get that <laughs> podcast listening time. It's the only time I've ever been jealous of a long commute is the uh, the podcast listening time that you will yeah. get. That Me I, and the I open don't. road, Fred. It's great. I know. Yeah, I, know. I mean, I actually started cycling about six months ago, and it's totally ruined all my podcast listening oh, time. No. <laughs> I've um I've finally I mean hopefully my mum's not listening to this but i've i have just started putting one headphone one earbud in <laughs> as i cycle but for the, for the first six months i was kind of you know the, the a vigilant new to the road cyclist so i was like oh, there's no way i can listen to a podcast while cycling i'd say uh one 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 earphone is still pretty responsible as yeah. far as it yeah. goes two earbuds not so much and then two earbuds and your eyes closed is the is the red line for me i would say parents do listen to this well my dad does anyway anytime he gets a mention on the podcast like i'm doing right now i'll get a text about an hour after the podcast goes out so uh who knows you may have a parental conversation on your hands <laughs> 
<laughs> yeah, only one earbud and low volume. <laughs> and lots of attention using your eyes and other senses. We got it. Yeah. We got it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Annabelle, thank you so much for coming on and, and being a guest and, and, and sharing the moth with us. Um, really, really appreciate it. Um, My pleasure. And if anyone wants to go and find your work, I'm guessing the best places will be on the conversation and on the anthill. Yep, that's it. Theconversation.com. The Anthill's on iTunes and all the other podcast podcatchers. Awesome. Well, thanks very much. I've been Freddie Harrison. I've been Jack Tutor. And uh, we'll see you next time. Thanks very much. Goodbye. Bye-bye. Bye. Hey, everyone. Freddie here. If you're enjoying Episode Party, please head over to iTunes and leave us a rating and review. It means a lot to us and it really helps us out. Thanks. Thanks.